up and welcome to Difficulty Class, a show where we gather around this podcast table in your ears and talk about some dungeons and dragons. Each week, we or a listener like you writing in difficultyclass at gmail.com, come up with a topic, question, encounter, or anything else somehow related to RPGs and have some fun talking about them. I'm one of your hosts, Ali Deichman, and with me this week is... Trevor Bettis. That's right. And joining us is the host of Drinking and Screaming, player in Vancouver by night, and the DM for Tabletop Titties, Char Bear. Hello, that's me. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I feel so happy to be here. We're having to have you. So far, this has been the year of guests. <laughs> it's two weeks down. <laughs> but it's the year of guests. 2021. <laughs> uh, so Oh, go ahead. Go, ahead. No, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Oh, I was going to say, Char, how are you doing? Yeah. How am I doing? You know, I have a nice glass of dry white, uh, which is great Perfect. for, you know, the throat as you record podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, it's winter, which is my favorite season. I'm halfway through Tabletop Titties, my first ever DMing experience. So life is good right now. Nice. Sounds good. Yeah. How, how are you guys? <laughs> Um, hanging in there. (laughs) (laughs) I try to be really positive, but you know, years have affected me lately as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, No, it's definitely been like, whoo, 2021, what a year! It's like lemon, it's the 14th. Uh, (laughs) Second impeachment, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That that was a nice little coming into work and seeing that newspaper. I was like, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) This is a good day. Um, so yeah, sure. You you are the DM on Tabletop Titties, uh, which is an actual play podcast. Um, t- tell tell us a bit about it. Yeah, you know, give, give the, the the elevator our, pitch. Our spiel. We're run entirely by people of marginalized genders, which I love, and it is a fantasy, sci-fi, post-apocalyptic, totally homebrewed campaign that I designed myself for <laughs> my. Uh, players and basically we're doing like a Hunger Games ripoff of <laughs> them trying to compete in the Wild Well trials, uh, but things are not exactly what they seem, as you might expect. Ooh, there's definitely from what I've listened to, there's quite a bit of difference from the Hunger Games. <laughs> Hunger <laughs> Games was very much missing a character named Marge. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so you you said this was your first time uh was did you say it was running a game on stream or just running a game uh running a game at all yeah oh, i've wow. nice. been a player for a while but uh this is my first dming experience and it has been incredibly stressful but so 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 <laughs> rewarding also i definitely bit off a big chunk i won't say too much that i can chew but you know homebrewing your first ever campaign is a choice a choice that my partner was like maybe you shouldn't do this shark no that seems like it's a really hard work and i was like i want to do it it'll be fine Um, (laughs) it's been fine but it's been a lot of work yeah oh yeah uh so, so how long have you have you been into our uh, tabletop RPGs? Yeah, um, so Stranger Things, oddly enough, is something that like reinvigorated the love of D anD D for me. But mm-hmm. my first game was probably um, about a decade ago. I played with Tim Horton's employee coworkers of mine. We had one oh. session. And it ended with somebody jumping into a sewer, chasing their pickle, which was their best friend. (laughs) And then we never played again. And that was my only time. I was the only woman at the table. And it was fun. But um, we just never picked it up again until um, I met my partner, Kelly, uh, who is the uh, sound engineer and stream runner for Tabletop Titties as well. And uh, they are super into D&D. So it really uh, allowed me to get involved again. So that's awesome. Oh, nice. I, I know I know you're in Vancouver by night, which I'm like, oh, this is probably Canada. <laughs> Tim Hortons really gave it away. <laughs> yes, Canadian. Um, yeah, that's the other thing. So I do a lot of, I play a lot of uh, TTRPGs myself. Uh, I'm on VBN. Uh, we've done Space Game, which hasn't come out yet, but ooh, a new project coming. Um, and yeah, D&D, though, is my tried and true go-to that's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Um. Oh my! Wow, my mind just went blank there for a moment. Uh, excuse me. Sorry. About that. <laughs> 
Um, so uh, v- Vancouver by Night is uh, um, uh, Vampire the Masquerade, right? Yes, yes. Uh, fifth edition Vampire the Masquerade Chronicle that takes place all in Vancouver or the surrounding area. So we do go to like Surrey, Richmond, uh, but mainly it's in the downtown core. We have uh, B. Dave Walters on as a guest every now and then as Hazoon. Um, and we did my first ever massive charity stream with Vancouver by Night, which was amazing last year in June, I think, where we had Matt Mercer on, Cynthia Marie, B. Dave Walters, Critical Bard, Cypher of Tear. Oh, nice. I remember amazing. hearing about that. Yeah. 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 Super, super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and that got my feet wet into fundraising as well, which is like the other side of my life. I have TTRPGs and fundraising for charities. <laughs> It's uh, not, which not is a bad good pool to get your feet wet in, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they actually go uh, pretty pretty well together. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, how, how long you been? How long has Vancouver by Night been going? Um, I there we're starting our third season now. Uh, I joined in af- like midway in the first season, so um, I think it's been two years, a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so you, you you had done the the streaming game thing a little bit before tabletop titty. So you, yes, le- at least at least we're comfortable in that realm of it. Totally, and like commentating as well. Like I do super hopped up, which is um, a let's play channel on YouTube that you can follow, uh, which is a big group of us, and we do uh, actual plays, let's plays, a uh, whole bunch of stuff on there. And um, that was like, I mean, I'm an actor as well. I do voice acting, but uh, the idea of being on camera live for three hours at a time um, really came through a combination of super hopped up and VBN for sure. Nice. So the, the, the combination of streaming game and, uh, and, and D and D fifth edition with that, that was just kind of an obvious thing to do there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One thing led to another, the chips fell as they may. <laughs> so, uh, so so what how how did tabletop studies come to be like what what was like the process of like getting the group together the idea of it and all that yeah, yeah. So with Tabletop Titties, um, we were all we all knew each other beforehand uh, from going to school together. We all went to Capilano University in beautiful British Columbia, which <laughs> uh, is well known for its musical theater program that they, we were all in in different uh, stages of the program. That's how we all met. And uh, Emily Matchett, who's the other executive producer on Tabletop Titties. Um, approached me after I did the big charity stream with VBN being like, hey, you seem to know people in the uh, D&D community. Do you want to start another show? And I was like, hell yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but our main thing with with Tabletop Titties is wanting to have something that we want representation of people like us. So for us, we're all uh, marginalized genders. We either use they, them pronouns or she, her pronouns. And you don't really get to see a lot of that online uh, with TTRPG streams. And when you oh, yeah. do, they always get hyper-criticized for not knowing all the rules. Or, I mean, we get penalized for things that a lot of men can get away with pretty easily. Mm. Oh, yeah. So we wanted to have a positive table experience as our main goal. Fun for everybody, no matter what. Yeah. I love uh, that. Uh, Allie, you, you were saying before the show about the... Uh, session zero with them just saying their pronouns and like that that move like oh (laughs) oh yeah no it just makes sense and like just hearing y'all's session zero was just so (laughs) from said person in a marginalized gender like that was so refreshing (laughs) like i don't really listen to podcasts very much because i don't have the time but i want to make time for that because it just sounded so fun and like very much something that i could get into Fuck yeah. Oh, am I allowed to swear? Yes, Shit. yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's exactly what we wanted. We wanted something that was maybe slightly different, but something that is open to all people, no matter creed, color, sex, mm-hmm. gender, anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, that 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 is awesome. Uh what Okay, I, I, I understand, because uh, <laughs> as a DM, sometimes I forget my players. Either. Can you run us through the characters that you have at your table and who the players are? Yeah, totally. So Emily Matchett, the executive producer, also plays Steve, the gnome rogue, as she likes to say. <laughs> uh, Steve has blue hair. She's a thief, and uh, she's fucking three feet tall running around. 
causing mayhem every which way. <laughs> then we have Amanda Lorenzo. She plays Mila Thornfire. And she's a, a hot the kid with the voice. Oh my god! <laughs> I gotta do it. I gotta. Um, and she plays a halfling bard who comes from the outer district of. Um, oh, I'm forgetting my own district's names, but anyway, she's from the outer ring, and um, it's. Um, She's a really cool character because her she really wants to compete in these trials and she wants to win no matter the cost because her family is so poor, which I think is very, very interesting. Then I have Rachel Thelade, who plays Borba Skull Cleaver, the orc barbarian, yeah. who um, in our session zero, she called her a baybarian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, and that's I, my type. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your type? Big Barry. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a shirt. My type is Bay Barry. <laughs> um, and then I have Sarah Mayfield who plays Wilmer Adamith Myandis the third, who's the <laughs> prince of Fearfort's um tower and uh, is really trying to prove himself as uh, both a leader and just as an adventurer overall. And he's also a wild magic sorcerer, which is very interesting to explore. Oddly enough, we've only had, I think, one surge on our entire campaign. And we've played like 25 hours so far. And oh, we're doing oh, wow. it like, because normally with wild magic sorcerers, you it's always like a you have to crit fail on the D20 roll. <laughs> but we're doing Dimension 20 rules where every time you roll, you add a number it goes up so that like oh, okay. you can get like a five or a six until like, you eventually hit it and it resets back to zero or to one. Ooh. Uh, which has been fun. Yeah. I might have to <laughs> implement that myself because literally every single time our wild magic rogue sorcerer has been casting a spell, he rolls on the wild, like to see if he'll get it. And he never does ever. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I just want to get flumped to like randomly appear something. <laughs> I might have to uh, accommodate into that because at this totally. point, we're like, we want to get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I find it makes it way, way, way more fun. And there's still, like I said, like we've only still used it one time even with this homebrew rule. Uh, and then I have Kelly Wright, who's a special guest that comes on. That's my partner. Um, and they play Timber Cottonwood, who is a... Uh, druid who um is potentially in a romantic uh relation with mila um super super cute and Aww. adorable it's the first ship of the pod um, and yeah it's been nice I, I don't know if Kelly can, can still hear us, but that, that, that character name makes me want to listen to more just because of it. That is a, that is a beautiful character name. <laughs> <laughs> They're laughing now. They're like, yeah. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Um, so um, I, I, I didn't get a chance to look into the, the rest of the cast. It, um, how many uh, people in uh, on the cast are voice actors also? Is it just, just you or? Um, everyone's a professional performer. I, I know that some of us have been on film and TV. I don't know who's done voice acting besides okay. myself. I think Amanda I, has. Amanda Lorenzo has. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember who it was in Session Zero when you when all of you were trying to get them to um, do a voice. <laughs> they were like, no, because I have anxiety. And I was just like, <laughs> that could be my ringtone. <laughs> yeah, that was a yeah. yeah, no, I was just like, that could be my freaking ringtone. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Anxiety. That's just such a common theme for everyone. I love how relatable it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, this, this is a total tangent, but um, I, I, long story short, I found out recently that I have half siblings because I'm donor conceived. And every time we find a new sibling, we go, so do you have anxiety and depression? <laughs> and it's like that's like how we relate to each other. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's like, all right, cool, awesome. We're family. Uh, <laughs> uh, so so you, you, you talked about after uh, the Vancouver by Night, uh, the fundraiser and got that going. So how, how did that process going of getting everybody together? Did, you just, did everybody know each other or was there like any kind of like, hey, we're looking for people? 
For tabletop titties, you mean? Or for yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. For, yeah, for tabletop titties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Sarah was in my direct class, so we were super close. Uh, Emily and Rachel were super close because they were in the same class. And then Amanda did a show, I think, with uh, Emily at one point. But we all were like pretty, uh, not like the best of friends, like a, a Breakfast Club situation. <laughs> Are they the best of friends in Breakfast Club? Yeah, not really. Uh, not, but not, not. It is Breakfast Club. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's not to say that we aren't uh, close because we all are very super close now. Um, but yeah, we all went through the same sort of training of musical theater performance, which I thought was super interesting. Um, and th with this project, something that's really, really great about it is that everyone is super hardworking and we came with a plan from the gate, like from the get go, we divided all the roles so that like I'm DMing. So I don't have to do literally anything else. Um, <laughs> Rachel does all our social media. Sarah does all of our guest prospecting. Emily does all our editing. Amanda does all of our fundraising. Oh, um, wow. So that sort of like divide and conquer approach really helped us succeed. And we're all super open as well. We have like biweekly meetings that, um, everybody can have the floor and discuss and stuff and it's really nice to have that like collaborative feel That's not awesome. just around the table that you play but around like the water cooler i guess <laughs> i love that so it's not just a here's the project and let's get it done it's a ongoing process that you guys just keep constantly coming back to and you have that open floor like you said and that's 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 an amazing thing yeah. And that's how I think like anything can become better is these fresh ideas. Like we're all collaborating on something. So why limit that uh, to just the pre-session zero and then we're stuck with what we got? Like, let's all build something together. Interesting. Yeah. Because uh, first of all, I, I did absolutely love that you had that session zero episode and then you know it was it, it was kind of more like introducing the characters but i liked at the end how you had the like hey also like we've discussed uh what the limits are and what we you know aren't going to have in these games and stuff like that which yes. um we, we we talked about recently going over the the tasha's cold and everything book and like the fact that that was in there were like good because yeah. that is something you should do in each one totally. um but the idea of, of doing one more than that is is I, I really do like that. Uh, uh, I don't know if you know uh, Justice Armin on Twitter, but he has made um, uh, these sheets that basically he sends to his players like after every fifth session or something. That's like a survey. It's like, yeah. how are you liking the story? How do you feel your character development's going? And I'm like, I'm just like, I feel like I'm completely ignoring my players. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I feel like I'm just like, all right, here's the story. You do the thing. <laughs> I leave. <laughs> I'm like, what is, oh my gosh. Um, I love that though. Yeah, like check-ins are so, so important. We have like a shared Google Doc uh, and then I have a you shall not pass area, which is like <laughs> all my episode planning. Uh, but otherwise I have every single player in a separate folder and we have like an ongoing sort of like notes version of a conversation of like questions that come up or how they're feeling after episodes, not every episode, but um, it's just something mm. good to have so that you can check in or like if you forget things or your players might forget something about their backstory, they can have that place to go and be like, Oh yeah, we talked about this. I love that idea. Let's like follow through on that next episode. It's really nice. So, so that, so in a way the players do kind of have more input in what's going on. We're just like, I'd like to see like this get brought up more stuff like that. Yeah, totally. And with our show, the main focus is that my players are having an excellent time. It's not about the story that I've made because it's the story that we're all making together. Really. Absolutely. Um, I'm so grateful for them and for all of their ideas. Although I do surprise them every now and then. Too. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, I, actually, while you're talking, I, I realized I, I can finally ask a question that I've always wanted to ask uh, with streaming shows is like, so, so you're saying that you were planning out episodes and stuff like that. How often do you actually get through all the stuff that you've planned for an episode? Oh, this was interesting because for me, I mean, streaming it also, like we have a two hour cutoff time 
which I enjoy. In real life, we would normally play like a session like three or four hours, but keeping it down to two hours really keeps the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll be honest that that when I saw how long the episodes were, I'm like, oh, I can listen to this. Like and it's, that's our, it's, that it's was two another, hours. Yeah, plus yeah. for us, totally. Yeah, was keeping that down so it's not too much of a commitment, especially if you're not sure you've never listened to a, a D&D mm-hmm. show before. But um, what was the question I got off? Oh, of the- oh, oh the, uh, getting getting through all the stuff that you have planned for an episode. <laughs> yeah. So th- this is my first time DMing. So uh, and for a lot of my players, it was n- not their first first show D and D game ever, but one of their first. So they're not as experienced, which was a really interesting thing to navigate because for my first few episodes. Either I would have like way too much ready for them, or I would have like half a show and then have to improvise the second half. Be like, okay, yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, which has been good. But I think we finally gotten into a groove. I'm still struggling with battles. I think mostly I'm following uh, a big inspiration for tabletop titties is Dimension Twenty, mm-hmm. uh, run by Brennan Lee Mulligan. And I, what I love about their show, I mean, it's a never-ending list, but uh, their <laughs> format is that it's one RP heavy episode and then one battle episode, and it's kind of oh, swaps back okay. and forth. So we're trying to do that as well. Um, but my battles, man, sometimes um, they just get away from me, and it could be another whole session if I wanted it to. <laughs> oh yeah, so that's been interesting to navigate for sure. The what I think one of the. Because I, I I also have been trying to do like cutoff times, like my weekly group, uh, we play for two hours on a Tuesday. And that's namely because like people are busy. Yeah, yeah. we <laughs> got like, lives. Yeah. And, and like um, a lot of people in the group are, uh, you know, they, they have work the next day. My freaking brother-in-law is in Scotland and he wakes up at 3 a.m. to play with us. Uh, so we're like, <laughs> we're, we, you know, we want you to have the rest of your morning and wake up. Um, <laughs> but But doing the cutoff time, like. Yeah, I, I understand that problem with the battles because, like, I've totally just left a cliffhanger in the middle of a battle because oh, yeah. I'm like, guys, it's like nine oh six, and you guys aren't even close to done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that 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 is good. So, I I think before we 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 take a break, uh, something that I do uh, uh, want to ask is like, so is, how how's the show been for you? Like, how how's the experience been? Whew. Um, I am like a really type A personality in the sense of like, I need to be the best at everything the minute that I try it for the first time. (laughs) So DMing for the first time for a show that's live on Twitch and then also being edited for a podcast has been very interesting experience. But um, I actually, I wouldn't change it for the world. Uh, The rush after an episode has is like nothing else and (laughs) i mean my players are so fucking fun to be with Mm -hmm. and um i really love the world that we've created it's been interesting like people fucking love marge (laughs) this npc that i drafted for like just that one scene in the first episode but then online everybody fell in love and i was like okay i guess she's a recurring character now oh great <laughs> I, like i haven't gotten to listen to all of it because if you want to stop listening to podcasts start a podcast um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um but I, I i was re-listening to it to what i had heard before to like re-familiarize with it and it got to the march where i was just like it's the best freaking character i love this so much <laughs> this is the character i would just constantly use in my game <laughs> oh, feel free she's come up in a home game that I'm with, I'm playing in, and Kelly's the DM. They just stole her too. So, <laughs> give you permission. Marge can be in anything. Oh heck yeah! <laughs> I, I have I have a player who. Oh my god, Marge would just irritate the the crap out of me. I cannot I cannot wait. Oh man! Um, yeah, DMing has been a super fun experience, and something that really helped me is that it doesn't need to be perfect, and it's a a really play as you go. Mm-hmm. Be prepared, but allow be prepared enough that you can live in the world and just be free. Don't hold yourself down to any set rules because you are the rules. Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> and, or you have figured out what it took me like four years to figure out in <laughs> such short a time. I'm so just for a new DM, you're just 
proud of you. You're great. Thank you. But yes, I am a baby DM. Please don't. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's great. Yeah, no, it's like you you settled right into that perfectly. And like Mm -hmm. everything you're saying just sounds like fantastic i love it yeah uh did, did, did you did you feel comfortable like after the first session like all right i got this or did it take a little while it took a little while i remember after our first session not session zero because that didn't really count that was just yeah. like hanging out with our friends you know <laughs> um after episode one i turned to kelly and i was like i fucking suck balls oh, oh god, god. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard to like get rid of that negative voice that you have in your head mm-hmm. um but yeah just check in with your players and check in with yourself and realize that you don't need to hold yourself to certain standards like the matt mercer effect matt mercer is a fucking great guy love him and he <laughs> himself says like don't worry about it like it's unhealthy to prepare as much as i do Mm -hmm. (laughs) um don't hold yourself to that standard and also like your players aren't going to be professional voice actors all the time either like on critical role and uh that's Mm -hmm. okay we're all here to have a good time and enjoy it and just live in this fantasy world Yeah, we uh we we did a we did an episode a long time ago. And I say long time ago, it was like a year ago or something like that about <laughs> yeah. the Matt Mercer effect. And I was just like, yeah, like first off, like one of the things I want to say is like, first off, leave Matt Mercer alone. <laughs> He's a lovely guy. The man has a Who will exist? Who will yeah. exist? Don't ask but, him all of your D and D questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Allie and I uh, used to run games at uh at the bookstore that we worked at, uh, mainly for kids. Uh, but oh still, they're like teenagers and stuff, and we and we. We would we'd start off the games being like, "Hi, I uh, I'm Trevor. I'm going to be your DM for the night. I am not Matt Mercer. I am not Christopher Perkins. Please do not hold me to their standards." <laughs> now that we've got that away out of the way, yeah. let's have some fun. Oh yeah, <laughs> man. That, t- talking about the 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 nerves of being a DM though, like I, I had been DMing for about eight years when I got that job, and uh, when I got <laughs> when I got there the first time, I'm like, "Oh, I'm nervous again." <sighs> yeah. What, yeah. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, by the way, the other DM sh- didn't show up, so you're going to DM for 12 people. Uh, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> um, but uh, but let's uh, let's take a break real quick, give out a code for Isle Champions, and do some fun spotlighting. So, uh, first up, we're going to do Champions Loot. This is the part of the show where we give out a code for Idle Champions. You can put this code into any of the numerous platforms that Idle Champions is available on, and it is numerous. There are lots of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get a free gold chest on us and get some cool loot and some cool stuff. And uh, right now, you can actually unlock an, uh, the new character talon who's using the combat wheelchair uh made by uh sarah uh at mustang arts on twitter and T- town's my new favorite champion i, I unlocked it uh, so love- cool he's so cool <laughs> and, and it's great too because he he does the he does almost the same jarlaxel move mm-hmm. because in his backstory he like hung out and trained with jarlaxel yeah. for like five years <laughs> so, so i love about Isle chance they got that detention to detail i love it mm-hmm. But well, this week's wheelchair, co- fuck yeah, hell yeah! yeah. Uh, she actually did a, a a stream. I don't know if uh, she, uh, she's posting it anywhere, but uh, she did a stream yesterday that was uh, talking about talent and everything like that, and uh, about like the stuff that's in the game and stuff like that. It was fascinating. I loved it. She's giving a fact today about talent on her own Twitter, which has really yeah. been fun to to look through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So the code is S A F T F. E R N W A Y S. Like I said, put that code in on any of the numerous platforms that are available on. Give uh, some free good stuff, loot things, and take a screenshot of it and send it to us on Twitter <laughs> at Difficulty Class because we love to see what you get to kick evil's butt. Now for uh, the DC Spotlight, uh, Shar, you're actually going to talk about uh, a thing you got coming up. Yes, uh, Wava Rape Crisis Center is British Columbia's largest rape crisis center, and we serve uh, nationwide survivors of sexual assault on our crisis line, as well as through one-on-one counseling, text, and chat support. But I have an amazing initiative coming up. I work for Wava. Spoilers. But... um, (laughs) Streaming for Survivors is coming out this March 26th to 28th. If you are a streamer, a podcaster, a Let's Player, a TTRPG player, we want you to stream 
uh, and connect your account to Tiltify and select Weva for that campaign. We're trying to raise $10,000 to get survivors the support they need. Right now, Weva has um, a current caseload of over 300 survivors of sexual assault and the wait list is over two years long. Uh, so we're trying to get another counselor to help power through. And the, um, last year we did Giving Tuesday for the first time with the online community having some streams. And it was incredibly successful. So we're doing for the first time ever an entirely online event that you can help us with if you want to stream for survivors. March 26th to 28th, we're trying to raise 10K. We can do it with your help. Love it. And where, where can they go to, to if they want to do this and find out more information? Is there like a Twitter account or something? Yeah, uh, you can go to Weva.ca, uh, which is our just charity website. There'll be tons of information on there. You can also follow us on Twitter, uh, Weva. You can search us. And you'll, you'll, we'll pop up there. Awesome. I'll, I'll and, do my um, best to, to tweet all that out. Weva is just because it's like a weird, it's an acronym for Women <laughs> Against Violence Against Women. So it's W-A-V-A-W. Just Perfect. so you know. <laughs> Perfect. And yeah, I, I'll do my best to get uh, that tweeted out so uh, people can find it uh, when this episode goes live. Thank um, you. So yeah, de- definitely go check that stuff out. Uh, I, 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 I'm i still freshly getting into streaming, but I'll see if I can do, help out in any way I can. <laughs> yeah. I know. We got some big names coming up for that. And uh, of course, Tabletop Titties is participating. Uh, Vancouver by Night. Join, join in the club, you know? The more, the merrier. Awesome. Uh, for the second part of the show, uh, we thought it would be, uh, interesting to talk about, uh, why to homebrew and, uh, essentially this is like, okay, listeners, I know you may have been, been like, how have you guys not done a world building like homebrew episode yet? We know we're still (laughs) talking about it. It's coming. We'll figure it out. I'm tired. Allie's working. This stuff's happening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but uh, we, we thought it'd be a, a interesting topic to talk about of like why to even think about that, of like why to go down that route before even the, you know, s- starting to world build and stuff like that. Like what sort of things might draw you to world build instead of using an established setting like the Forgotten Realms or, you know, uh, Theros or Ravnica or Wild Mount and whatnot. Um, so I, actually, I want to start this off with Shar, what? Uh, got you to want to do a homebrew world for tabletop titties? Oh man, Dimension yeah. Twenty, hands down! <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! If you haven't seen anything of Dimension Twenty, go watch it. They have a bunch of shut of stuff on their YouTube channel as well. You could subscribe to their Dropout. Free advertising for Dimension Twenty. <laughs> Pay me. <laughs> uh- <laughs> <laughs> But um, seriously, they have so many different campaigns. They have uh, a quick one that features Matthew Mercer. So if you have never seen a Dimension 20 show, I recommend uh, Escape from the Blood Keep, which is basically what happens in Lord of the Rings if the villains win, Mm. which is very cool. Uh, But they do like a Game of Thrones, but it's all candy. They've done fantasy high school, like... that's, that's the one I've been recommending. Yeah. yeah, that's because uh, I, I haven't I haven't gotten to watch uh, Dimension Twenty, but uh, uh, one of the one of the cast members from Dungeon Scrollers, which I was like, you have to watch their high school series. It's so freaking good. <laughs> it's so great. Um, but yeah, seeing the creativity that Brennan Lee Mulligan uh, has done and like all of the players, it's fucking astounding. I love it. And that was a big inspiration for me and for all of us uh, at Tabletop Titties. And then the other side of it, besides like emulating people that we love, um, is the sort of like inherent racism that is uh, built into Dungeons and Dragons, which Wizards Mm -hmm. of the Coast has been addressing now, especially with Tasha's. But even then, like when Tasha's came out, I was like, that's your that's you addressing it. Come yeah. on. Yeah. I talked about that a lot when we were talking about Tasha's recently. It's like D&D has this habit of quote fixing problems and their fix is to say you make it up. Yeah, you do it. <laughs> you don't have to do this. And so if you want to address all these issues, you kind of have to homebrew into yeah. it to get out of it. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. Like Rachel in our show, she plays Borba, who is a full orc, um, not a half orc. And she's not fucking evil. She's kind of badass. She has a stray cat. And um, oh, I loved that. She <laughs> is so fucking endearing and amazing. Uh, but that's something that is not normal in D&D. And I also I'm playing a lot with like the stereotypes of like just evil characters or creatures in general, like goblins. And you see a pack of five goblins. Is your instinct immediately to kill them? Why is that? Let's let's explore that a little bit <laughs> <laughs> and turn it on its head. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I I talked about it on the show, but like I, I didn't run games with. Like the, the the basically the Lord of the Rings racism where like everybody just fucking hates everybody for no fucking reason. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like I, I never ran that in any of my games. And it, it wasn't until uh 2018 when I was running games for some people who had never played before. And then this one person who'd been playing since like second edition and he was playing a dragonborn and they walked into a tavern in this small town. And, uh, he's like, oh, p- people probably are giving me weird looks. I'm like, why? Yeah. What? And he's just like, because I'm a dragonborn. And, he's, and I'm like. Is there something on your face? Is like are you naked? Like <laughs> he's like no, because like people don't like Dragon Ball. I'm like no, we I, I, I like I straight up gave him like the T'Challa. We don't do that here. Like we don't that's, do that here. <laughs> yeah. not a thing. Yeah. No, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Oh man, uh, this kind of like goes back to to the consent uh, like checklist that you were mentioning earlier, and how like that's something that all players all dm should do in your session zero is like going through that checklist of like what do you not want to include in your fantasy realm that might normally be a thing like people fucking hate elves in some fantasy realms or they're like this elite class and others that uh look down on everybody else but there's basically no racism featured in tabletop titties because there's enough of that in the real world and we're trying to escape from that like my favorite thing to explore when it comes to real life into like D is classism in the terms of who has the most money and that's not yep. determined by race that's just determined who has the most money yeah <laughs> yeah we explore that a bit like with wilmer who's the prince of fear fort uh and each um player is from a different ring that like gets worse and worse in terms of uh poverty levels so that's a cool dynamic um and just like the wildwell trials themselves uh are potentially inherently evil i don't know you're gonna have to listen to find out <laughs> <laughs> um so actually, actually that's something that i i want to ask did you have the idea for the the you know the hunger game style i'm doing the bunny ears um yeah. <laughs> or or was it the uh the world building aspect that that brought that into it um with tabletop titties the first thing that we did was i presented three different ideas of what i thought would be fun for us to do uh one of them because we were all musical theater was oh let's be like all bards and have something like that but that's just sirens so <laughs> shout out to sirens but we're not <laughs> group um, another one was uh people playing themselves and then like actually being transported into D D like meta yeah um uh, yes that's like the second suggestion on every reddit thread ever so i was like <laughs> let's not do that either <laughs> um and then my last was another total ripoff which is that tabletop titties is entirely unique and is not the hunger games it's not <laughs> uh three percent it's not battle royale it's not divergent it's totally not any of those things even though i accidentally say district every fucking episode instead of whatever <laughs> you, name i actually called them <laughs> you, you said it this episode and i was i was gonna say so i'm like that's nah, fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but that's how that's what um like talking about homebrew you get to add whatever inspires you in your everyday life into your game that you can live in that world um and you get to pick and choose which i think is great mm-hmm. yeah uh the the when I when I first started DMing, I did homebrew, and that was actually more out of the fact that I didn't know there was an established anything. <laughs> like we played during fourth edition, and they're like, "Just put some figures on a table and roll some dice." I'm like, "Gotcha." Yeah. Um, and uh, thinking back on it, man, that was 
That was bad. I would that there was not a, that was a, a fr, like a structure that wasn't like there was like a framework there and there was it was all hollow like there was nothing there. <laughs> it's like what's this road code? Uh, um, uh, fruit basket lane. Yep. <laughs> Are you saying that because there's a fruit basket on the table? No. <laughs> I mean, hot DM tip: just get like a, a name generator mm-hmm. and just give yourself like lists of things to pull from for not just names of like humans or elves, but taverns and roads and forests and whatever. I think is yeah. super great. Fantasy yeah. name generator, I think, is the overall site that I use a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, fun. It's, it's definitely a go-to. Yeah. <laughs> my, it, my favorite it's a thing tab. is when I used to play with Ben, like Puffin Forest, like constantly, he would have a baby name book from like the 90s. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And he would bust that out. So literally every single NPC character villain would have like a 90s name. that was like totally human so like this ancient elf would have like john (laughs) i I I remember was (laughs) i remember playing uh going going to 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 your place to play one of the uh, play a game and and ben was there and you brought that up and ben's like oh yeah i've got it right here and he pulls out his baby (laughs) name but out of his back i just look at him go you just live up to your cartoon youtube channel don't you 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 just you're just them all the time <laughs> Speaking of like generating NPCs, I kind of lucked out in a certain way with Tabletop Titties because we had an Indiegogo to help fund the season before we started. Oh, awesome. And one of the rewards on there was that if you donated a certain tier, you could design an NPC and name it whatever you wanted and we would shout you out on the show. So I have a document of like pre-generated nice. NPCs to go through, which has been really, really helpful. Nice. Except... Uh-oh. Like 80% of them are bards. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. People just really love bards, I guess. <laughs> L- literally. Literally yesterday, my wife and I are talking about characters. I don't remember why. She's like, you know, I never have played a bard. And I just lean over back at the couch and we go, good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know why people love them so much. It's not like they're just the best class ever. Um, <laughs> I, I feel uh, like they're the most versatile in that if you want to be something, the bard can let you be anything. Yeah. The easiest, at least. Like, you can do that with literally any class, but I think bard is does that for you the easiest. Oh, that's uh, so nice. Yeah, dur- like during, that. during game recently, one of my players had to play one of an NPC that I had, and he was a level 20 bard. And after he was like, Dude, bards are cool. And I'm like, yeah. you're level 20. Calm down. way <laughs> up. Yeah. I'm just like, that's, that's not how it is all the time. Um, but no, uh, I, I've so I, I, I have this like I call it the MCU of D and D, where like everything I've ever run is connected and in the same timeline. In so fact, awesome. even our Pathfinder characters, even though it's a different DM, I'm like, screw it. You're you're in my universe. Coming in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so. Because of that, like I, I, I you know, this, my my players, the golden pals, don't listen for a little bit. I I, <laughs> I want to actually eventually progress this to a homebrew. Um, yeah. And the and and this and this is kind of the one of the the things that like when we were talking earlier, like made me think about like why you would want a homebrew. And this is coming out of the fact that I'm like, okay, I I do I do love the Forgotten Realms on like a surface level. Like I love being able to say my players were in Baldur's Gate. Yeah. I love being able to say it's like, oh yeah, you know, they did this amazing adventure in Icefire Peak. They went to the the spine mm-hmm. of the world. I love being able to say these things because like people who know about D D, like they know these places, these are legendary places to them. They know about Minsk and stuff like that. And I've and I finally got to the point where I'm like, I've kind of gone through all the stuff that I want to do there. <laughs> no, yeah. Now it's time to explore and create your own impossible impossibly amazing uh areas for your players to explore yeah, yeah. my problem is is that i'm uh, i've uh, the thoughts that i've been having are way too fucking meta <laughs> 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 
It's like, well, what if it was a world where everyone knew it was a game? (laughs) I mean, you could still explore that. I would listen to that. I mean, if it's just for your home game, then that's on you. But I mean, that sounds intriguing to me. Yeah, see, that's that's the thing. This this would be for my home game. And like, I always end up trying to do just, you know, these these ideas that my players like, we just we're just here to play some games. <laughs> but um yeah the the like i i don't quite know because like i've done world I, I i've written books like i i i know world building and stuff but world building for a rpg almost feels like a bigger task totally um, yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh like like you were saying earlier it's just like maybe you know picking that for the first thing was a little That's more but yeah. <laughs> um but, because I uh, chose to homebrew my first campaign specifically because I didn't want to make mistakes in uh, pre-generated lore that mm, I would have to okay. correct. Uh, thinking about like the little boxes that the D&D b- modules give you to read out loud and stuff. And what if I like add something that's not right or whatever? I've and done no- I'm like, those little boxes they give you are a godsend. How have I been <laughs> Oh, God. The thing, my, the thing my group has started to do, like, uh, one of my players has taken over his DM. He's just like, he does this thing now where he's just like, all right, you follow the trail up and you find some block text. Uh <laughs> 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 yeah, no, the, the, those those are helpful, but yeah, I understand the whole like, oh, I what if I already established something that this block text is now going to predict? counter, yeah, counterdict yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the because like I I I do like running the pre made adventures one because it's weight off my shoulders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but also like there's some really like they're really good. Like uh, the ones that I've done, I've had an absolute blast with. Any of them I didn't, I just stopped. Um. <laughs> But uh, I, I think the thing that I, was kind of holding me back from doing homebrew is that I was like, oh, well, I have to run these in the Forgotten Realms because that's where they're written. And it's like, no, you don't. <laughs> There's can be literally anywhere. a paragraph in every book that says you could play this anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and, but like, and, that oh, fear itself is pretty much what caused me to run my game the way I do. Because um, similar to Trevor, I'm kind of like homebrew light. <laughs> yeah like it does take place technically in a place called forgotten realms um <laughs> but it's definitely not the wizards of the coast forgotten realms it's very much changed adjusted it's not fifth edition like up-to-date lore it's stuck in between somewhere in fourth edition and fifth edition but the times have merged and people aren't as racist it's, it's a way better <laughs> place in my head and i've because of that fear of like, I don't really want to play in Forgotten Realms because what if I get something wrong? I've made it to that point as a DM where it's like, oh, they go to this uh, town. Let's see. And I kind of look at my map. I'm like, this town, what happens in that town? And I'm like, I don't know. They're good at brewing stuff. (laughs) I don't have to be correct. That's just what it is now. Yeah. That's great. Let yourself uh, get there. Totally. Yeah, and so it's like being able to get to that point as a DM, it took work because that was like one of the biggest things that like that fear of what if I get it wrong? What if the the like consistency between the the lore? It's like, well, just the write lore. it down on a Google Doc and you won't have to worry about it. <laughs> like you yeah. made up this NPC, just write down his name on a sticky note. You made up a town, just type it in the discord chat it's like mm-hmm. suddenly it's your lore it's canon and you don't have to worry <laughs> about it anymore and that's that's why i homebrew <laughs> is because of that fear where it's like what if i get something wrong in an established setting yeah and that's like with us as people of marginalized genders like it's an extra fear that we feel because the community although most of the community is amazing there are there is a section an underbelly that mm. is incredibly toxic <laughs> an, an to underbeard like you might say yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that fear is so real because people get fucking torn apart uh yeah. Like Critical Bard just became oh uh, Pog Champ on. I'm like dating this episode. Sorry, but that's no, fine. It's going up tomorrow. And then <laughs> immediately after, it was a fucking awful 
I don't even know how to describe it. Like Shit he received show. like yeah. the worst racism I've well not I mean I, the world is awful, but like yeah. so much assault and Twitch yeah. basically did nothing to help him just because he's black and queer. Like fuck. Ugh. Yeah. And yeah, no. Yeah, it, that's that's exactly right. It's there there is just that extra level of like <laughs> I'm gonna. I, I need to get this right, and so that's why I've kind of just approached it like, well, whatever I say is gonna be right, no matter what, because I'm yeah. making my own thing up. Yeah, <laughs> that's like right. a way to to take the power yeah. back for yourself as well, though. I think that's really cool. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. The. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking about the interactions I've had with the underbeard of Twitter, and now I just, <laughs> now I'm just angry. Oh, that's officially cool, what I'm calling them for from now on. Yeah. <laughs> Well, found me, found me <laughs> I mean, uh, that, that also goes with the, what we were talking about, the combat wheelchair and like having accessible things in your game, making your dungeons more accessible by having ramps or elevators like tabletop titties is basically pretty hardcore fantasy. But then there are these like weird metal panels and like electricity and guns and elevators and stuff and like. Fuck you! I can do whatever I want. Yeah, yeah. No, the, you, you just you described the place in episode one as like looking like an office building. I'm like, why did that make me like this more? <laughs> because it was in a tree. Yeah, I was just like, am I hoping they just fight businessmen now? <laughs> Classism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, that 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 first that first um that first D and D world that I made that I homebrewed just because I didn't know anything that was going on, and I and I I knew no lore, and and I remember at one point we were playing and we had two friends over who were playing guest characters, and the um they were on a ship and they were in the like middle of the, the giant glaciers and everything, and the drow came and attacked them, and the one of the guys was like, wait, I thought you said it was daytime. I'm like, yeah, and they're like. Well, you know, they get disadvantaged on this because they're out in the sun. And I'm just like, I, and, I, and I went like this. Not my world. They're fine. Combat yeah. continues. <laughs> and I was just like, like I, I actually no, I just remember I literally was like, that sounds dumb. No, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, this kind of screws up what I'm doing right now. So, uh, no, I'm not doing that. Um, so yeah, no, I the doing. Uh, doing the homebrew thing for the purpose of because like and, and like I said, like uh, my reasoning for wanting to do stuff was because like, oh, you know, like if people know about D&D, you know, they know about Undermountain and everything. But like I am a cis white dude and they, that is not normally the person that they argue with. And so like I get away with that, which is, again, stupid. Uh, and but for the whole reason of making a homebrew because you're just like i don't want to talk to you about this i think is probably the best reason (laughs) to make a homebrew i've ever heard (laughs) like listen i just i don't want to talk to you (laughs) i'll save the real shit for my home game that you're not a part of (laughs) yeah yeah exactly We're, we're like like even even for home games like um i i we're, we're, we're going to have a monsoon, but uh, one of my friends, Hector Reyes, who writes into the show, he this this dude has done some homebrews that I'm just like, so you're writing a book, right? Like oh, yeah, you have Hector. so much lore about this place <laughs> that you invented two weeks ago. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I and I guess oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, keep going. Uh, I guess that's like that. That is uh, an, another thing of it. it's just like it, I, I I know that there is you know for me I like running the pre written campaigns because it's a load off my shoulders. I don't have to worry about it. My cat's out and is now about to make a bunch of noise in one of her toys. Great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it is it, <laughs> you made me lose my thought, cat. Um, but uh, uh, is essentially just like I. I I, I, I can't even remember what I was talking about. Oh, my God. What was I saying? You were talking oh, about how people can make lore for days. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that was it. It is like it, that is a load off my shoulders. But for some people, it's like, no, I want to do that. Like, I want mm-hmm. to sit here thinking about my world, you know, day after day and building out these new things and building legends and lore that my players might not even think about even asking for. Yeah. It's there. But um, it, you, and, it brings you joy. Yeah. 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 And. and and that and that's why like 
Um, there, I, I, I have seen a weird thing sometimes where like there's a stigma between like world building and playing pre-written stuff, and I'm like, well, no, just have fun. <laughs> just, <laughs> We're playing a game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, you don't, you don't, don't shame people one way or the other. Just play the game. Just enjoy <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah. Um. But uh, I, as as my cat's distraction has taught me, I I think I have run the course on me talking about. You, do you guys have anything to to add about uh, uh you know home brewing or what what would you know what's good about taking it and doing it on your own? I think that the biggest thing for me is it allows me to fill my world with so much diversity, with like relationships, with NPCs, with uh, creatures that you might find. I had, I homebrewed, this is spoilers, Tabletop Titties episode 11. We just had a massive food fight and (laughs) um, I homebrewed the entire battle and I ended up making like food creatures come to life. Like there was a giant cinnamon bun golem. Oh my God, I love it. (laughs) There were like two feet tall strawberries that became poisonous because I myself am allergic to strawberries and they will kill me. So, you know, (laughs) I love it. That's fantastic. You can like find your inspiration anywhere, which makes it so fun. Uh, but yeah, having something that is uniquely yours is so cool to feel. But the diversity, like having, I feel like that's another thing that Wizards of the Coast sort of lacks. They're getting a bit better at it, but that the LGBTQ community is so underrepresented in D and D right now mm-hmm. with like legendary NPCs. I need more gay in my life, please. <laughs> <laughs> Jarlaxle is just one man. I need more. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Jarlaxle is just one man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, pretty much exactly what you said, Char. It's just, it's it's such a freeing thing. It's, sure, Wizards kind of puts you on the spot if you do want to fix things. But once you do allow yourself to fix things by homebrewing, it makes the game just more personalized and more fun for not just yourself but for your players too they have a chance to really just explore a whole new world that has no like predecessing concepts with it <laughs> like going into the forgotten realms like there's there's preconceived notions about going into the forgotten realms whereas if you're going into a brand new thing it's there's you can't bring anything to the table with it there's no oh, what's the word i'm looking for there's no baggage <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well said. I I did realize though the the one thing that I that uh, does annoy me about homebrewing hmm. while, while you're talking, it's players. <laughs> <laughs> because my experience has been anytime I tell a player I'm running a homebrew, yeah, they they're like, oh cool, awesome. All right, I'm I'm gonna make a make a human bard. And I was like, awesome, cool. And then they bring me four pages of backstory with a whole land they've created, and I'm sitting here just like. <laughs> You don't even know like what the systems are here, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. But no, I, but yeah, that's the thing. Like at, at the same time, like I, I'm just like you don't know what's going on. But the other side, I'm just like, hey, you were really already invested in this game, and I'm very excited that you're excited to play this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that you now have this mini world that you can incorporate into your world's buffet. <laughs> oh yeah um i think that's it right are we good yeah, uh, yeah. Char, oh, get, tell people one more time where they can find you uh yeah. what, what you're doing what you're working on yeah sure i'm available on all social media at charlene bayer uh right now i am the dm of tabletop titties a queer and feminist fifth edition actual play podcast run entirely by people of marginalized genders i host drinking and screaming a queer and feminist horror movie podcast where each week we watch a different horror film and give a queer and feminist discussion on it and make a cocktail to go along with it and um otherwise you can find me on vancouver by night where i play morgan a Hadif, uh, who loves to rip out people's spines. As you do. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, just just have a nice Tuesday night with some red wine, ripping out spines, you know. Yeah. Just like, you know, you know and then, of course, if I could just Again, plug one just... more time, uh, streaming for survivors, yeah. 
uh, March 26th to 28th. If you host a stream, I want to hear from you. Check out our website, wava.ca. You can tweet at me on Twitter and I will get you the stuff you need to be uh, successful in this fundraising campaign for survivors of sexualized violence. Perfect. Perfect. Go check that out. And like I said, I will do my best to tweet out. If I don't tweet it out, yell at me. (laughs) (laughs) I'll yell at you. It'll be fine. (laughs) There we go. Thank you. All right. Well, that was our show for this week. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to support it, the best way to do that is by leaving a review on your service of choice, as well as telling your friends about the show. If you'd like your questions, advice, or stories read on the show, please send them into difficultyclass at gmail.com. And if you'd like to stay up to date on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at difficultyclass and on Instagram at difficultypodcast. So until next week, have a good game.